0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, May 26, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. To address homelessness, states and cities have moved ahead with so called Housing First policies. Despite their intuitive attractiveness, the record for Housing First is spotty. In a new Cato briefing paper, Vanessa Brown Calder details why she believes that Housing First, minus a broad legalization of all kinds of housing for everyone, is more likely to fail.
1: Uh, a variety of states uh, locations a variety of different locations have tried this new sort of new uh, policy housing first and housing first is really sort of a it's a philosophy it's a philosophy that emphasizes the need for permanent housing before tackling other issues such as mental health problems or substance use disorder or unemployment um, you know all issues that are arguably obstacles to stability. And proponents of this philosophy argue that once the need for permanent housing, no questions asked, is addressed, then the formerly homeless will be able to tackle underlying problems, find a job, and stabilize their lives. So this philosophy really rode in on a wave of optimism um, and Particularly in Utah. Utah was the first state to adopt it. And 10 years into that, into the policy, national news outlets were claiming that Utah, this first housing, first state, had already nearly ended homelessness or had reduced chronic homelessness by over 90%. That was in 2015, at the time, that seemed a little bit suspect to me, um, but I didn't have the bandwidth to track it down. Um, but having family that lived in Utah and having visited regularly myself, I thought that it seemed a little bit suspicious based on uh, just you know anecdotally and what we're sort of seeing on the streets, downtown Salt Lake. Um, and of course, I have been interested in what has happened in the interim. And so my co-author Jordan and I um, decided to take a look.
0: Okay, so uh, b- before we get to what the results are in Utah, California also tried this.
1: That's right. Um, California looked at or adopted housing first a little bit more recently than Utah. Um, they adopted housing first, housing first philosophy in 2016 statewide, and. They have, and I know we'll get to Utah in a second, but they have seen sort of similar results, actually quite similar results to Utah. Uh, Between 2016 and 2022, chronic homelessness increased by 93% in California. And in San Francisco, which is one of the California cities known for its struggles with homelessness, chronic homelessness, increased 53% after implementing a program called Care Not Cash which was a program that diverted funding away from cash benefits for the homeless and towards more of this building permanent housing, housing first type policy. That was sort of California's first foray into housing first policy. So uh, some sort of disappointing results uh, in California, which
0: we outline in,
1: in our new brief.
0: So what were the results in Utah?
1: Well, similarly um, from uh 2010 on utah's chronic homelessness grew by 95%. so um you know homelessness initially had it seemed that homelessness was maybe trending down a little bit in the early years of housing first and so that got people really excited it turns out that one of the, the steep drop happened between 2009 and 2010, and that drop seems to be the result of a measurement issue where they changed the definition of, uh, uh, of homelessness during that time. So probably has little to do with the Housing First policy and much more to do with some of the data issues that occurred during that timeframe, which is really unfortunate.
0: I, I'm looking at uh, the data that that you put out here, and it seems that uh, where housing first has been implemented, at least in California and in Utah, the uh, a, a steep decline in uh, homelessness preceded by many years um, the implementation of the policy.
1: Yeah. So there actually was a decline in homelessness in California and, um, homelessness was declining. It had declined in the years before Housing First. And interestingly, the year that Housing First was implemented was 2016. And immediately after, homelessness started to grow. So. That's a little shocking, obviously, because with Housing First, you're taking people off of the street, putting them into permanent housing. They no longer count as being homeless anymore, um, and they're in this permanent housing. And people don't really leave that permanent housing very much. Um, from the data that we have, you know, probably ninety-two to ninety-five percent of folks actually stay in that housing once they've been given that permanent housing, and so. It's hard to understand why why homeless numbers would increase uh, directly after this policy is implemented,
0: so what are the big takeaways then? It, it doesn't it doesn't seem clear at all that that this policy has had. Uh, its desired impact.
1: Yeah, that's sort of what we thought too. But in order to um, mix things up a little bit, uh, add a little bit of nuance, we wanted to look at a place where Housing First seemed to actually be working. And um, one example of that, the one example that we found and included in this sort of case study that we did on on Housing First policies um, and locations was Houston, Texas. And Houston actually, implemented adopted housing first and um, its chronic homeless population declined by 68% in the years after implementing housing first. So so now we have kind of some results to compare and contrast across the locations, which makes it a little bit more interesting. And we can try to figure out what is it about what Houston's doing that seems to be working better than what Utah and California are doing. And I think that there's a few differences, a few takeaways. I think, you know, to be fair, first of all, Houston has better coordinated efforts over a considerably smaller geography, right? It's It's the Houston metropolitan area versus an entire large state, um, uh, you know, that's a big difference probably makes it a little bit easier. They have a nonprofit that actually coordinates its homeless policy efforts, its homeless policy activities in Houston. And, you know, you could argue that a nonprofit is probably a little bit more flexible, a little bit more adept, um, And as a result, maybe a little more effective at, uh, at these efforts, it can, it it can just be a little bit more flexible and a little bit more adaptive than say, you know, the state government, um, which is bound by a lot of rules. Of course, nonprofits have to follow various rules as well, but, um, so maybe, maybe those things make a difference in Houston's outcomes, uh, Other researchers have suggested that Houston's compassionate enforcement policies that prohibit public camping and politicians that discourage panhandling have helped improve homelessness in Houston. But I think it's worth saying that, of course, if you're clearing encampments and the folks that are living in those encampments have nowhere to go, uh, then you're just going to be moving homelessness around. But the city really focused on ensuring that affected residents had access to either permanent supportive housing or a housing voucher when they were clearing those encampments out. I think likely more significant than either coordination or compassionate enforcement efforts are just some of how Houston's affordable housing fundamentals, average home values in Houston are a fraction of those in California, or even in Utah. Um, And that's a very helpful thing in the context of housing first, because it makes affordable housing easier to buy or build. And it also means that it makes it possible for people that are on the margin of the housing market to stay housed to begin with. So when we think about, you know, why is it that Houston's able to provide that affordable housing? There's a lot of research on zoning regulations. Houston doesn't have a traditional zoning code. I know that you've talked to, that we've talked before about zoning regulations and their influence on housing affordability and how important that is. And so one of the takeaways, the big takeaway in this paper is just how critical it is to have functioning housing markets that can provide cheap, affordable housing um, and how that helps to bolster homeless policy efforts.
0: So, uh, you know, if you were to try to discover uh, mechanisms, it would probably be very difficult here because you've got a a homeless population, a chronically homeless population that got there somehow. And uh, if we were to interview a lot of those people, I'm sure expense played a role in them becoming homeless in the first place. But again, trying trying to figure out what that mechanism is. Uh, is probably fairly difficult, but the policies have to have to play some role.
1: Definitely, and and we admit that in the paper. Obviously, homelessness is a complex issue. There's a variety of reasons that, um, and probably a confluence of reasons why any individual person ends up homeless and on the street. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, having a, a roof over your head, of course, means that you will by default, you won't be homeless. So if you can make that easier to achieve, more affordable, um, and, you know, keep more people in their homes to begin with, then that's going to be very helpful from a reducing homelessness standpoint. And um, on the other hand, also makes it easier to build more units when it's more affordable to do that. And it's easier to do that from a regulatory perspective.
0: Obviously, this research raises more questions. What are the questions related to this that you would like to answer?
1: That's a good question. You know, um, I think we've looked at one part of the issue. I think there is research out there on the Housing First program, something that we didn't look at specifically. um, Well, something that others have suggested is that Housing First works really well for folks that do have substance use disorders. And what they mean by that is that, you know, folks that are on the street, their stress levels are higher than usual. And so that sort of drives them towards uh, using substances um, in a way that maybe they wouldn't be driven towards if, if they had a roof over their, over their head. And so folks have made the argument that that's why housing first is so important. And You know, we we say in the paper that the homeless population is diverse. Um, Perhaps Housing First works for some folks well, um, and perhaps a different approach should be tried elsewhere, or at least a a variety of ideas should be allowed to be tried and experimented with at the state level. Um, But I don't know. I think it would be interesting to look a little bit uh, more into that, and that's not something that we really get into in the paper. Obviously, there are other locations that have adopted housing first policies, and we didn't have the room in this paper to look at every single location, but there are other places, um, Denver, um, Seattle, Finland, even if we're looking at uh, international examples. And so I think that there's an opportunity to dive into that in future research as well.
0: Vanessa Brown Calder is co-author of the new Cato briefing paper, Housing Markets First. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.